1: And you're good to Mama. Stand up. stand up straight. I ah, stand up straight. Mm, stand up straight. Stand up. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do
0: it. This is stand
2: up straight on Joy ninety four point nine. Good evening and welcome. I'm Clayton Wimpshurst and you are listening to Stand Up Straight, where we aim to provide a vehicle for the Allied supporters to stand up for our LGBTI community, to encourage and create greater inclusion, share stories, give advice, create dialogue, or introduce new ways of thinking, and most importantly, facilitate change towards greater acceptance of our rainbow family in all its shapes and sizes. You will notice that you are not hearing Michelle's voice this evening, as she is unwell again. Hopefully she gets better very quickly. So she has a bad throat, which is not a great way to go for radio. But, you know, because I can't do a show without a Michelle, <laughs> I, I do have a Michelle replacement. Going to the other other Michelle. <laughs> yeah, I got another Michelle.
3: So no Mama Michelle, but you get... Uh Mama Bear (laughs) and Michelle.
2: Welcome, Michelle. Hi, Clayton. How are you? And our other guest this evening is Dr. Vincent Cornelessig. You can hey, correct patient. me if you need to. Oh, you say? can
3: you can murder
0: that name whichever way you Yeah, okay, like. cool. <laughs> <laughs> Cornelis is the normal. Cornelis. Cornelis. Like, whatever.
2: Uh, uh, there seems to be a lot of s's and e's on the end, so I just I know, kept it's going. Lovely isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <The> <laughs> <listings>. <laughs> yeah um, yes. So we are in here tonight to talk about trans health, and we've talked about health with Dr. Dr. Vincent or Vincent. Can I just call you Vincent? Yeah, is call that me Vincent. Right? Yeah. Uh, we've talked cool. about health with Dr. Vincent before, but we haven't actually talked about trans health on the show before, so we've got a lot of stories to share. I believe. Oh, they're, and...
3: they're, we've already warned Clayton mm. that, that he may not get much of a voice on air. It's because Vincent coming in, a uh, bit of a story, because this is what's so good is, Vincent is, he's my maker. He, <laughs> he made me the woman that I am today. <laughs> uh, and, and he wanted to check up on me, so we, we, he decided to wear my heels for the rest of the show and walk around the studio in them. <laughs> and she's not joking. Uh, she is actually
2: wearing her heels. <laughs> they're very uh, comfortable. very mm.
3: comfortable. Yes. And, and to get prepared, he, he made sure he bought me lots of chocolate down at 7 Eleven, and
2: <laughs> I like to treat a girl right. That's right, exactly. My issue is that I'm not a particularly tall person. I'm not short, sure, but I'm not tall. Um, now I'm just overshadowed by both of you. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
3: well, it's not often that somebody else is standing taller than me. I look like a giraffe walking on heels, and I'm already six three as it is. Yeah. So. And then Vincent puts on my heels, and he, he's looking down at me, and I'm going, "Oh, so this is what it feels like."
2: <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the club. I, I come in at five nine, so I'm yeah looking up at pretty much most people. Uh, anyway, before we get started with the full show. We're going to have a talk about the Safe Skills Coalition. Because, Vincent, you had something to say about Safe Well,
0: schools. I just can't pass up the, the, the opportunity to do you, do you, use this microphone to have a little rant. So, Michelle. Do you need your soapbox? Can you pass me my oh, soapbox, you ready? <laughs> Thank you. Because I needed to be a bit taller. <laughs> the soapbox is full of um, with, <laughs> beverages. With, <laughs>
3: with your heels.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I was just... I don't know. I was just going to say... I mean, we all know what's been going on. There's been a lot of hate in, um, in this country lately. And... Uh, we all know who these people are I'm not going to name any names I don't want the Joy Legal Department To get upset at me
3: Well you feel like It's American now For some reason Yeah
0: <laughs> well, exactly <laughs> it's, it's a really bizarre Situation to be in I think um, And all I wanted to say That you know I just Want to put my opinion Out there And my opinion Because I can indulge For a second I've got the mic My opinion You know obviously Homophobia Transphobia It's all based in fear And it's based in insecurity That's what phobias are and like I said, we know who these people are, so I just wanted to... Well, I'm pretty sure none of these people that I'm talking about are actually listening to this show right now. they would be very surprised. So I was just going to put out a call out there to all our audience members that if you run into one of these people, one of these members of parliament and these self-appointed community representatives that are around a place spruking this hate, if you run into them, I want you to do something for me and I would like you to go up to them and give them a big hug, a really big bear hug. And then I want you to lean over and whisper in their ear, I want you to say, it is okay to be gay. I know you're scared, and I know you've got some insecurities, but there's help, and can you please go and get yourself some therapy and stop picking on the rest of us? That's all I'd like to say. And if they're not keen on that, if they want to keep picking on the kids in school, then just say, darling, darling, stop. Picking on the little ones. Pick on someone your own size. I'm happy to volunteer. They can come pick on me. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Now right you, there.
3: Now you have my heels on you taller. They I'm can't very look down tall. at you. Yeah,
0: exactly. So <laughs> that's, like, that's all, like- all I wanted to say. I just think, you know, these poor men, because they're always men, these poor men need a bit of love. They need to deal with their insecurities. And that's all. I was from here. I was just going to say. I think we all need a little bit of disco defiance. It's so,
3: like it's like hugging Waldorf and Statler from the Muppet Show. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, that's the end of my rant, the end of my soapbox. But for a bit of disco defiance, let's go to Gloria Gaynor and "I Will Survive."
1: yourself
3: stand up straight on joy 94.9 welcome back you're listening to stand up straight this is the other michelle mama michelle isn't here joined by the paneling of clayton and my dr vincent hello (laughs) hello Uh,
2: dr vincent so sounds like it should be on a soap opera i would love to be on a soap opera (laughs) if anyone
0: wants to hire me for a soap opera i'll
2: be be there (laughs) So we are actually here tonight to talk trans health, and I believe you two might know something on the subject. So my first question is, when I find it, uh, what do we mean by trans health? Sounds like a quiz show. Yeah, it does. <laughs>
3: <Yes>. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> ding,
2: ding, ding. I I'll, take t- the buzzer.
3: I'll take trans for five, Bob.
2: <laughs> you can use your name as buzzers. Uh, so, what do we mean by trans health? Oh, uh, do you want me to say that? Anyway, think, uh, no, uh, you can. Okay. You're the doctor. All
0: right, thanks. Um, well, trans health is uh, it's a very broad umbrella term, obviously. I think because there are many aspects to trans health, and that's, it, it often falls in general practice because general practice is a multifaceted sort of part of medicine. So trans health includes, um, obviously, healthcare around transitioning, So that includes um, the psychological aspects of transitioning, the hormone therapy, for some people, the speech therapy, um, and everything else that comes along with it. Physiotherapy sometimes as well for posture and walking. Um, So the transitioning health, uh, there's sexual health aspects to transgender healthcare. Um, That's not necessarily... That much different from um, sexual health um, for the general community?
3: We just, we just need a softer hand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means.
0: <laughs> um, and then there's obviously uh, the mental health aspects um, and physical health. The physical health is a little bit different as a result of uh, the hormone treatment. And obviously some people go for surgery as well, um, whether that's top surgery or bottom surgery. Certainly not everyone does that, but some people do, and that can come with its own issues. So, obviously, um, people need to get used to the different body parts that they now have, Um, and... Sometimes people have complications from surgery, but fortunately, that doesn't happen very often.
2: And that can be one of the issues some people have around transgender health, because they think it's all about the crotch surgery. Okay, probably a better term for that. But um, but how many? Just a real rough guess. How many surgeries would you count as being trans surgery? Like just.
0: It depends uh, on... Yeah, yeah. really. It, it, it look, uh, the I think thing, the beauty about transgender healthcare is that it is very individualized. So mm-hmm. I think that, that certainly... I, I, I don't think there's any rules.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, look, and the thing is with transition, transition is different for everyone. Yeah. And so there's people who... Or what's called op or non-op or whatever or pre-op. Like for myself, I've chosen to be non-op. So I when we talk about op is what's going on downstairs, mm-hmm. um, and not a large percentage of, of trans people actually go ahead with lower surgery. And that's either by personal choice, either financial means, or whatever. There's so many different reasons why people don't actually do lower surgery. Um, so, but I mean, there's also different things like if I wanted to go and get. Uh, breast augmentation, mm-hmm. you know, there's things around that. You know, i talk talked to, to Vincent about that. How's it work with my hormones? You know, all that understanding how my body's going to actually react to that or if I got to go off hormones for surgery. There's just all kinds of different things. And it and it isn't always about surgery. Yeah, also, awesome. <laughs> You know, I, I can come in and, and sit down and say, look, you know, I'm dealing with this. I'm dealing with that. And we can decide... You know, whether it's, again, mental or family or, yeah, exactly. or everything.
0: I think, I mean, in my experience, the majority of uh, trans health consultations are not about surgery. Yeah. Um, they're mainly about um, hormone therapy, sexual health, um, psychological well-being, and, as you mentioned, all the, the social uh, factors that come with it, family, friends, w- employers.
3: And the thing is, 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 some things I've talked with other doctors about as well, and you can probably fill in on this one, is that not a lot of doctors know what to do other than Prescribing birth control medicines—that's all there really is at this point, really to go with. I mean, there's other ways, and we know <laughs> a common friend of ours who actually tried different types of hormone therapy of, the, of their own, um, but it's unknown, and there's no way to really track it. And so you have—it's—it's it's such a fine science. And if you do the wrong thing, you can destroy your liver, you can destroy your kidneys, you can—and so it's—it's it's basically making sure that everything's being done properly.
2: So that's the importance of a doctor to make sure that you are yeah. doing what you
0: should be doing and not just destroying your body slowly. Exactly. Yeah, I guess doing it in the in the safest and most effective way possible. So obviously there is um, one thing that you know I always talk about with hormone therapies, and obviously we aim for a, a, a sort of ideal range of hormones of the um, the affirmed gender range, the reference range, the labor- laboratory range. Um, sometimes people are tempted to try and up their hormone dose to try and get changes to occur faster. But often we find that even if you up the dose, it doesn't actually cause changes to occur any faster because you need to let your body sort of do its own thing. It, it just takes time. If so you, it,
3: If you do the wrong thing, next thing you've got deep vein thrombosis, you've got yeah. You know, you've know heart problems, you've got whatever. And one of the things I loved about dealing with, with Vince as my doctor is that Vince went slow. Like we went and, like when I did my hormone therapy, it was okay, let's slowly introduce the blockers. Let's slowly introduce the hormones and actually really track and take, you know, really pay attention to what we're doing. And I could actually explain to him every little thing that was going on with my body. Cause who am I going to talk to? I've got breast development going on. And at the time when I started doing it, I'm 36 years old. I've never been through this. I don't have somebody to talk to about my own puberty. I don't know what's going on. So, you know, being able to go and have that personal one-on-one going doc my nipple sore what does that mean you know <laughs> and we can go and, and there's no embarrassment there's nothing and we can really discover through the, the numbers in the paper thing what is it
0: and i think that's a really good analogy you just made i think uh, it is in a way like going through puberty i mean it's not exactly like going through puberty because you know you're uh, you may be at a very different life stage than you were in puberty but all the changes that occur the body changes and the mental changes that occur as a result of the hormones can for some people be quite analogous to going through puberty and that can be a very difficult time um and i think that's part of the importance of the the in transgender medicine is sort of guiding people through that and saying look these are the things that you know you can expect to happen um but it may work out otherwise but you know come and talk to us if if something happens that you're not happy with
3: and the emotional side of things like for trans men going from being able to cry and and emotionally express certain things to all of a sudden having that masculine i can't cry i'm a bit more numb where with trans women it's Gone from being that numb and can't cry and, and really expressed all of a sudden you're like listening to songs like for myself. I'm driving the two songs going, Why why doesn't he love me anymore? What's wrong with me? And I'm just crying for no reason. <laughs> and go to beds, why am I crying? <laughs> it's okay, dear. <laughs> it's, it's the hormones
2: <laughs> So um in terms of trans health, where is it in t- scientific development is compared to health for cisgendered people? Is it on par or? It's a very good question. Mm-hmm.
0: The, the difficulty we have in transgender healthcare is that we don't have the evidence base that we have with um, cisgendered people. So all the big the worldwide studies on all sorts of different health markers, they're generally conducted on cisgendered people. They're not conducted on transgender people. And I, I think you know part of that is because it's a numbers game. So if, you, if you're working in epidemiology and you're trying to work out all these health markers and seeing you know what causes disease and what benefits people – it's uh, from an epidemiological point of view it's easier to get cisgendered people because there are just many more of them mm. um, so your numbers are higher so you can actually show stuff um, but part of it is that you know historically and it's been going on but it's finally changing but historically uh, transgender people have been actively excluded from many studies um, because they deemed I guess to be too different from the cisgendered people to be able to include it in these cohorts. But it's finally starting to change. With, For example, uh, some of the PrEP studies are starting to look more at transgender health.
3: Well, when, it, And this is something I was always curious about. And do you think that people who are transgender in the past who've gone to, well, from lack of a better way of putting it, and this is the only way one can really understand, is stealth or passing, and they go off into society and they don't include themselves on studies... To go and, and get further um, information for the the for me- for medicine.
0: Well, uh, well uh, no, I'm not going to bl- put the blame with transgender no, people. No, 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 <laughs> no, I'm not either. Um,
3: but I mean, but I-, I find there's a lot of people who just don't they don't want to continue being part of the trans community or. Well,
0: it's I, th- I imagine and I'd like to get your opinion on this, uh, Michelle, because obviously you're you're very active. Mm. Um, but you know, I think for the way what I, like I said, I'm just going to say this and you correct me if I'm wrong, I'm but with- it seems that with a lot of transgender people and i guess using transgender people in this sense is kind of incorrect but if someone is transitioning to their affirmed gender the aim is to get to their affirmed gender the aim is not to be a transgender person and Mm. their identity is not to be a transgender person their Mm. identity is as the affirmed gender yeah so people don't identify as transgender people Mm. as a result of that which is perfectly understandable but as a result it's also difficult to include people in I guess in studies, if you
3: well, the thing is, the thing is though is that there's still things going on with a person's body, even after firm gender. You know, there's there's the physical characteristics, things being changed, but still there's some underlying things that are going on within their bodies that still need to be, like for example, trans men. Yeah, they they appear whatever they they may not have surgery, lower surgery, but they're still going to need to have. Peps and things like that mm. done or whatever and so there's certain health things that still need to be done yeah, even though they're hiding in society yeah and so they're showing up for the doctors and the doctor's going well i don't know what to do with this
0: oh and that's why i think it's it's helpful um for people to see a doctor who has yeah. a, a special interest in transgender healthcare, care so that they don't i mean you would hope that if you go to a doctor in the suburbs you're going to get treated with respect and yeah. um you're going to get appropriate health care but unfortunately that's not always the case uh when uh doctors are faced with something that they have no experience with mm. um so one of the benefits of seeing a doctor who's got a special interest in transgender healthcare is that you can, you know, as a trans man, you can come in for your Pap smear um, and not feel too awkward about it. I mean, I think it's fair to say that for most trans men, it's always going to be awkward to have a Pap smear. Um, hmm. But
3: well, and also, you know, for me, like that's what's so different about myself is that um, uh, yeah, I am in my affirmed gender. Lower surgery doesn't necessarily make me more of a woman or less of a woman in my particular eyes, because I mean, obviously you'd look at me and go, well, Michelle's clearly a woman. You know, you made me, for God's sakes. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, are you happy with your work? I'm very happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing is, is, is I'm staying in the public light. So that I can help with these sorts of things and help bring more awareness. But also, if there is studies that need to be done, if someone's going to take a bit of of blood there and say, okay, let's test some more of this and do whatever, I want to be able to contribute towards that so that the studies can be done further. Mm. Instead of saying, no, no, I'm going to hide and disappear and not contribute and help.
2: Well, I'm going to stop this amazing conversation for just a little bit so we can head into a break. You're on Stand Up Straight. If you want to message in, you can do so on 0427JOY949 if you have a question for either of our guests.
3: He's cut you off because he can't take you serious in those heels.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: we're we're having a shoe change in the break. Uh, You can also uh, on air at joy.org.au. You're on Stand Up Straight with Clayton, Michelle and Vincent.
0: Come with me and we'll be. In a world of pure froculation. Hello
3: lovelies, it's Frock Hudson And you're listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9
2: You are on Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9 My name is Clayton Wimshurst I am joined in the studio by Michelle 2.0
0: uh, <laughs> the new and improved the version, and, improved, yeah. and, improved
2: version. <laughs> and Dr. Vincent or Vincent or Con- oh, I can't even remember how to say the last <laughs> name. <thing. laughs> Cornelis. Cornelis, Cornelis with Sorry. a long s, yeah, long s. s, the end. s Just gay it up a little bit. A bit of sass at the end. <laughs> okay, so Michelle, oh, look,
3: we're coming back in, mm-hmm. and 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 you guys really brought up a really important part here, um, and this is where I break the rules. I'm the gremlin of, of the trans community and I'm pretty much going to stand up here. I might give me myself boxed back. Okay. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. There you go. Um, not loud enough, <laughs> but the thing is, is I'm going to stand up here. I'm going to, yes, I'm a trans woman. I'm, I'm staying out. I'm not hiding. Uh, I'm going to stand here and say tranny. I'm going to say things like that. I'm taking it back. The thing is, is that the community does not know how to address us and i'm speaking out to everyone who's trans, everyone who's straight, everyone who's whatever that we just need to basically get over this language thing all right what we need to do is start saying hey okay i understand that you don't understand my pronoun you don't understand whether for me is he or she or whatever i t- you know i totally get it and it's a new it's a new language People are getting their heads around it. And right now in this whole conversation just now, you both have been so afraid to say the wrong thing, a fear of of, of offending. And that is painful to watch. That is absolutely horrible. As I had to go and hide and, and do whatever and feel that oppression myself for many years, why should I make you feel that same feeling?
0: Well I mean I I don't feel oppressed but yeah. uh, <laughs>
3: but I mean are but- going down to you and saying how dare you why well, how dare you say trans I don't say trans woman to me I'm a I'm a woman well no that's ridiculous you don't know you you you're even a doctor in this space you know treating me and 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 checking my bloods every time I come in and and doing my hormones or whatever and you don't even know how to address me or do the right thing because you're too afraid to say the wrong thing or offend me yeah, what well, are you? I mean, you're wearing my shoes for God's sake. Yeah. We're fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think. Um, and you bought me
0: chocolate. <laughs> I think you make a really. I didn't. Know, I did buy chocolate. But you make a really important point. I think. I think. And I. I, I don't really. I'm. I'm, I'm inquiring now because I feel I don't really have um, ownership of this space because this is not my space. Yeah. Like I'm. I'm a service provider in this space, but I'm not a member of the trans community. Mm. So I. I feel like I can't really speak on a lot of this stuff. As a healthcare professional, I find. In case there are any healthcare professionals out there who are um, thinking about treating trans patients, um, I find the easiest thing to do is just ask people. Mm. So you ask people what you know what their pronoun is, um, and you ask them where they are in their journey, and then you ask them how people would like to be addressed. And
3: but I think I think for you know, I'm trying to change the language. I'm trying to teach a lot of other trans people, gender neutral people, and everything, to back off. You know, it's great. I don't want to be say it, called he by accident. You know, sometimes it happens. People slip up even in my family and stuff and still say Daniel sometimes. It happens. Because you just, and like, you know what? Cool. Let's just back off a little. They'll get it. They're trying. And I've had these conversations, people saying, I'm just trying. I'm just too afraid. When people are saying to me that they're afraid, that's not nice. That's not a good feeling. And people shouldn't be feeling that way. And I'm just, yeah. And the thing as well is, you're a gay man. And you're in this who me? <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Like, oh, I think you were a sponge bag. <laughs> 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 and the thing is, is you're within the rainbow community, and you still don't even know how to address us, and that's and that's hard. Like, like that. I, I don't. I, it's not because of you. It's because of us we're doing this
2: i feel in a very privileged position at joy in that i am in a great place to make mistakes and learn and then i can pass that on to other people as well exactly so i just slap
3: you a little bit not too occasionally yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and <laughs> I actually kind of like that
2: so that's okay <laughs> but uh, i do like uh i like the fact that i know i can make mistakes with you and Mich- and megan you are michelle yes. uh, you and megan <laughs> the I other make mistakes yeah and it's fine and yeah when i was doing my taster radio i was doing a little speech and i suddenly realized i was misgendering caitlin jenner in the middle of my speech and yeah. i because of the space i knew i was in i, I just back. i just said oh and suddenly i realized that i'm misgendering and just took it humorously and said that it's actually absolutely okay for me to make a mistake right so
3: yeah and you know people go and even for me today I was, I was getting my hair blow-waved and the girl was talking to me and she's like oh so what do you think of bruce jenner whatever and i'm going it's been caitlin for right, like, a while now you know yeah. quite some time now i'm going wow you know people are still they don't understand mm. and that's the thing that we need to relax a little bit (laughs) yeah well I
0: guess we need to keep the
2: conversation going
3: I agree I agree, and
2: yeah. I look. I may have said I'm ready for Caitlyn Jenner to go away a little bit, but that was more about her political position <laughs> than anything yeah. else. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm
3: I'm kind of there too. Yeah,
2: <laughs> uh, we have a message in from Michelle. Uh, no, the, exciting! The, the, the real Michelle. No, no. Oh. Oh. Oh.
3: no. Being
2: you mean Michelle 1.0? <laughs> are
3: you saying I'm not real? No, you are real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a
2: real um, girl. I thought, I made a mistake last time by calling you the not normal Michelle, so I thought I'd do another one this time. I am so um, not normal. Yeah. Uh, so what a fabulous conversation! Thank you, Michelle. So, so Sorry, I'm not there. Question, how does the very first conversation take shape when you're going to the doctors for the first time as either the doctor
3: or the patient? I remember actually going to see Vince and I was kind of being confident and sitting there, but I remember even kind of like knees together, kind of looking at the ground, feeling embarrassed, to be quite honest. (laughs) I'm transgender. (laughs) Handing my letters over. (laughs) But Vince was just lovely. Vince didn't really know about it. Yeah. Okay. No worries. And let's get going. Let's get going. So. And how
2: about for a doctor? How those first conversations
0: going? It's, look, it's, I find it's different every time. So mm-hmm. it, I really, like I said, everyone's journey is so different and everyone's at a different point when they come to see me. Some people have been thinking about it for years and years and they come in and they're so ready to go and, you know, they often, you know, want everything to happen now. This is kind of this, because they've been, this is all this pent up sort of readiness to go and they finally make that step. Um, So that's some people and other people come in and say, Oh look, I'm I'm not sure, I just you know, wanna have a talk about it and it's so it's again it's very individual
3: i don't want to start off on two milligrams i went 12 now
0: (laughs) i'm just
2: gonna bend over just start shooting (laughs) Exactly, Uh, (laughs) injections
0: (laughs) Uh, and there's no i think that's the important thing with this sort of like i said there's so much individual variation there is no script there is no like you can't go oh the new patient's come to see me this is what we're going to talk about it really depends on where that person's at
2: so how your journey started with vincent how did you find vincent
3: he has a gentle touch. No, no. <laughs> well, you know, like today, he needs to catch up on you know, where I'm at mentally. So he's walking a mile in my shoes today to find, you know, to find out where I'm at. <laughs> he's and funny. chocolate. And chocolate, you know. <laughs> Girl, you need sugar. Um, yeah, no, look, Vincent, and this is it. Like, that's why we've developed such a good humor. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm living out regional in, in Melton. And so in a lot of these places, you've got doctors who aren't... I'm not racist, I'm not whatever, but most of these doctors, their English is not their first language. Mm-hmm. And I've walked in in the past and saying, look, I'm dealing with, with something I I think I might be transgender, I might whatever, uh, and they're like basically prescribing me antidepressants. Okay. You know, or I've gone in with uh, a burst appendix and I sat there for two weeks with a burst appendix and they go, oh, you just have irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah, okay. You see where I'm going here? Yeah. And, and I ended up in the hospital, like in that case, for two months. Mm. Okay, so there's it's not right there's needs to be better care out in these in these areas um so coming in and seeing Vince at a at a center that was actually a gay men's center, I found that the people there are really understanding what 's going on, and so I felt so much more comfortable because he would have had exposure to something like this already
2: absolutely. Do you feel that people
0: often come from further away to see yeah, you? And- yeah, I've got people coming from all over the state. Wow. Um, so, I mean, and it's a, I think that's a problem. I think, mm. I mean, not that it's not a problem that people come and see me. I'm very happy to see everyone, but I think it's a problem that people need to come in all the way to the clinic that we're at in order to get healthcare,
3: I think all clinics need to have something set up similar to the police department. The police department have something called Glow, and the Glow is to help all the different people, LGBT minorities, whatever in this sort of you know sense. Um, so I know if I'm an officer in somewhere like Sunshine or Melton, there's a Glow officer there. I think a lot of um, clinics around, especially in regional areas, should have a doctor that is a glow specific that if i need to go and say this is what i'm dealing with you're going to see that specific doctor and you don't have to go and travel in from regional bendigo or whatever to come down to melbourne to go and get service and assistance
0: yeah well i think we need to work on this michelle i think we need to uh, start a website or something where because there are there's, there's lgbti doctors out in the country there's not many, but, not many. There, but there are. <laughs> and, and I mean, obviously they're very hard to find for people. So maybe we need to come maybe up with a website or something, go. an app. Yeah. <laughs> like a grinder for LGBTI <laughs> doctors.
3: have <laughs> <laughs> location specific. This one likes the shade red yeah. of his, on his <laughs> lipstick.
0: <laughs> we need to have something so that it's easier for people to, to find these services. They do. Anybody's well, got think...
3: ideas for this, please definitely send in to me, to, even to myself, send it to stand up straight, send to the transpositions email, transpositions at joy.org.au. This is something we really need to work on because I hear this the narrative all the time on the forums within the trans community that people are traveling for interstate to different places from you know all the way up in like Burke down to Melbourne and, and it, it's 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 just not right. No.
0: And well I guess on a positive note, uh there is a new network within the College of GPs, the uh, Royal Australian College of GPs, uh, that's uh, specific for uh, sexual health. And you know, transgender medicine is not all sexual health but that's probably going to be the easiest umbrella to slip it under to try and promote which um, is unfortunate yeah
3: <laughs> because the same thing with like with employment with trans stuff they actually slip us under mental health as a mental health assistance to getting back into employment and it's then that's where the that's where these stereotypes coming in is that all of a sudden we've got mental health issues which we don't i mean there is that's a whole nother show we talk about on our show so don't but in general it's not a mental health thing Second off, it's not a sexual health thing. This isn't a fetish. This isn't uh, something. It's the stereotypes of sex and whatever. In my case, as you know me, I've got two daughters, 10 and 6. I'm a parent. I, 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 I work in the city doing my job. I just go about my business. I go home and watch cartoons with them, drink my coffee. You know, th- there's nothing sexual fetish or whatever. And these are the things that people need to start changing and understanding. Mm. Normalizing. Normalizing. Yeah. How oh, dare you. We'll come
0: back. <laughs> I'm not saying it's abnormal, but I think we need to have like a normalizing action to of course. just Yes. So that everyone understands that it's normal. Yes. And there's certainly
2: a perception out there about transgender not being a normal thing, where it really is for a lot of people. Of course but, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to head to a break, but uh, I just wanted to say that the Pronto Clinic in, uh, I can't remember the suburb actually, is Fitzroy. now doing, Fitzroy on is Rose now Street. going to be working with transgender health as well. So, as well as rapid testing, they're going to move on to some trans health as well. Yeah,
0: Dr. Pauline Kundal is doing some transgender clinics there. Yeah. So and she's everywhere. She's, she's lovely.
2: She's amazing. If you want more information on that, Google Pronto Clinic. So, you're listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. If you want to join our conversation 0427 joy 949 or on air
1: at joy.org.au. You already know I'm in the best lane from to Tokyo.
2: Hi, my name is Bella and you're listening to Stand Up Straight with Michelle on Joy 94.9. You are on stand up straight on Joy ninety four point nine. I am not Michelle. I am not. Well, I am not the Michelle that was talked about in that ad. You can always uh, be Michelle. I, I, could, I could be Michelle. I, I reckon it'd be a great dress up party costume. You could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am. We are talking trans health tonight with Michelle Shepard. and Shepard. Or Michelle C Shepherd. That's right? not a C, C. Shepard. And Doctor Vincent Cornelis. Doctor. That's, That's right. <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask about how does sexual health differ for trans. Trans people, and you can start with trans men or trans women first, whatever
0: works. It's a very good question. Mm. Um, I could give you a very long answer, not because um, the sexual health care for mm. transgender people is necessarily that much different, but because sexual health is a very broad um, category. I mean, sexual health—everyone always thinks about chlamydia and gonorrhea, yeah—but um, sexual health encompasses, you know, having a good sex life. Mm-hmm. Um, Having, you know, a sex life that's free from discomfort, free from uh, coercion, free from STIs. Um, so it's, it's very broad. But I guess if we're going to come down to the nuts and bolts of it, <laughs> <laughs> then the difference... Because most of that is completely the same between uh, transgender people and cisgendered people. What,
3: the nuts and bolts? No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm talking about the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the sexual function and the... Although well, the sexual function can be a bit different, but the, the having healthy sexual relationships stuff.
3: Suddenly I want yeah. to ask, doctor, where do babies come from? <laughs> and is it? And keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Michelle.
0: <laughs> um, so I think if, if we're coming down to the nuts and bolts, um, the, the, there's, there's some slight differences, obviously, in terms of... And this depends per person. It depends on whether someone's had bottom surgery or not. Um, obviously top surgery doesn't really change uh, much from a sexual health point of view um, and it depends on what a person's is doing. Um, so it depends on uh, whether they have male sexual partners, female sexual partners um, and all these things. You know, there's, a, there's a plethora of variables so um, it, it can be different but it can be quite the same as well.
3: Post, yeah. Does that tops, answer the question? middles. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. And in the end, you know, all it comes down to, if you want to have some, you know, hard and fast rules, um, on, on sci I'm full of gold, <laughs> Yeah, you just you just snap them yeah, yeah, off yeah, yeah. there right, yeah. Um, if you want to have any hard and fast rules, basically, if you stick anything in a hole, you need to do a swab to check if there's any problems. Mm-hmm. Is that too uh too blood? Make
3: sure you use the good loop. <laughs> no it's just, it's just, no in know. jokes tonight. No, no in jokes.
0: If you like it, you should put a condom on it. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, or, you know, or, or just a little plug mm-hmm. um, you may need some prep. Yes, yes absolutely. Yes. So, so, pep mm-hmm. and prep are equally important for oh. transgender people as they are for cisgender people.
3: I think, um, um, look, like I said, hard, fast rules. Sexual health really isn't much different for trans people as for cis people, like you said, whether it's anal sex, whether it's just, you know, normal, you know, vaginal, whatever. But I think probably the biggest thing that that is affecting a lot of our community is around the actual mental health dealing with dating itself. Mm. So in my case, going from... Um, being married twice to a woman and my last marriage was 11 years well now I'm out dating do I date men do I date women I'm attracted to men but how are the rules what are the rules how does that work that's the stuff I think that probably affects mostly and there's a lot more ex- experimentation and and I think it's important to discuss these things with your doctor if you're going to be starting to do that so you know the best ways to look after yourself
0: yeah I think and that's a brilliant point I think that, that is the trickier part of sexual health. Diagnose, diagnosing someone with chlamydia or gonorrhea, you know, you don't need a medical degree for that. That's yeah. really easy. Well,
3: that's looking green. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's, that stuff you're talking about is the tricky stuff. How do you negotiate relationships? And that, is, that does change for people when they transition.
3: Because for us, there's no real space for us to date. So you're looking at online dating. You're looking all the different places. And there's actually apps that can say you can block transgender people. And so there's no real space. There's, there's very, very few places for us to go to unless it's actually around a fetish site yeah. for actual like p- pickup sites. And so the thing, dealing with these sorts of things actually ends up leading to more mental health issues because then you feel isolated. You feel unloved, unwanted. Those are probably some of the biggest issues we face within our community is there's no acceptance of who we are. We are now, like in my case, I've gone to try dating men. And I've had men say to me, oh, well, I can't be seen with you in public, but I can come to your place and we can have some fun. Or I've had women who will go and say, um, no, look, I'm sorry, I can't uh, date you because I prefer women and you still have a penis. Mm -hmm. Even though you look and taste and feel like a woman, uh, you have a penis, so that reminds me that you're a man.
2: And the last show we did together, we talked about that same gender attracted over same sex attracted because of the, the difference between sex and gender. And so
3: this is where the, the biggest, trickiest part is with, with trans health, transsexual health is how to deal with this. And so unfortunately, all of a sudden when someone is attracted to you and then they cling to you, like all of a sudden there becomes more of a clinging factor. So you dealing with mental health, you're dealing with, they'll just jump in and say, oh yeah, okay, cool. And then you lose track of shit. I forgot the condom, (laughs) you know, (laughs) or you'll just do whatever because it's, because it will keep them happy. And so there needs to be better help around this area.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I am going to pop in my teacher hat for a moment because I have a teacher question for you. Uh, so I, I, do sex education with my kids. They're 12 year olds and the majority of them are cisgendered. But, um, as far as I know, currently none of them identify as being transgender. But what messages does sex education teachers need to give for kids to be inclusive of trans?
0: Uh, It's a good question. Um, It's a big question. Yeah, it's a big question. (laughs) What messages? Look, in the end, it comes down to really simple stuff. Mm -hmm. Just respecting people. Yeah. Um, And um, not having too many hang-ups. I think that's...
3: (laughs) Well, I think this is where Safe Schools comes back in as well. And teaching... But I think also Safe Schools need to have people who are transgender as part of the program as well Mm. to go out and explain more about what dysphoria is because you have somebody who's cisgender trying to explain what dysphoria is about a child and what they're going through. They're not going to understand. And these are things that would actually help further is, is, you know, being able to teach the kids, teach the adults, teach whatever that, that, you know, that's why these programs are in place yeah
0: and i think that's the sort of central tenet of the safe schools program is Mm. just Mm. teach respect and love and Mm. it's pretty simple the the language we were talking about earlier
3: you know like you know how do you address it and whatever just starting at the ground up how do you address this person just
0: be respectful and
3: yeah child can look at me and go and say she's really a big woman and so instead of the parent going and saying well she's really a man honey we're going to teach kids at a younger age going that's michelle she was a man. She wasn't feeling well. She took some medicine. She feels better now because she's a woman. That's all they need to know. That's what my kids tell people.
2: And I certainly get those questions about, so can you tell us about Caitlyn Jenner? Like, yeah, I can. That's fine. And that's the way I get it into the curriculum is the kids ask the right questions because they're so good at asking the right questions. Yeah, so. And <laughs> every question. Beat them
3: with a ruler. No, no, no. <laughs> and
0: I think from a sex ed point of view, a lot of sex ed ultimately, and I hate to be repeating myself, but ultimately it just comes down to Having respectful relationships. Mm-hmm. If you you're in a relationship, as you know, this is something good, I guess, to teach the kids. I'm not a teacher, but if you're if you teach kids that if they're in a relationship and they treat that other person with respect and they ask that other person what their wants and their needs are, mm-hmm. and there's a conversation about sex before sex happens, then that you've pretty much got it all covered. Mm. There's not much more to it. There's a few yeah. you know technical bits, but you know. <laughs> That, yeah that covers all the difficult bits
2: and the technical bits come in some really great faces from the kids as they're learning about the technical bits and
3: see that's so. <laughs> it like safe schools that are safe like dealing with the acl and stuff on on this whole safe school thing they make it sound like the conversation in the classroom is going around you know i need to make sure I'm, it's it's the right leather that i'm smelling you know <laughs> uh, or make sure you use the good wax you know it, it's not that we're actually teaching about like you just said it needs to be about respect and respecting the other person and what it is they need and and what and how they identify and whatever and that's all the basic basic it is. We're not going into depth in this shit, you know. Like that's all it is. Mm.
2: And I've done all, I've done the training on the Safe Schools Coalition documentation, and it's all about just people telling their stories mm. and then thinking about those stories and being able to relate to them at a later point. And that's all the that's all the program is, exactly. it's, and it's fantastic. And I. I'm glad that the Victorian government is continuing to oh, fund it. So, which I was pretty sure was going to happen anyway, to be honest. Yeah, go Victoria. Yeah, exactly. did ACT
3: follow up on this as well? Yeah, I think yes. so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, so that's awesome. Um, yeah, I think we need Daniel Andrews as Prime Minister.
0: I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going I to say, I love that all the politicians' kids still get access to safe schools, but obviously all their families don't live in Canberra. But of
1: course.
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, so... A question for michelle to start off with but you might have a view on this as well would you rather see a transgender doctor
3: um
0: you're not gonna offend me michelle
3: to be honest no mm-hmm. um i would i would like to see more trans psychologists or psychiatrists or whatever you want to call them uh to help with the mental health things to, to understand because they understand the journey that's going through um but it's already hard enough to get in to see a good doctor or find a doctor that's can do our work as it is. If I was trying to find and actually focus on a transgender doctor, I would be, I, I reckon it'd be too hard to get in and see them. Everybody but, would be bombarding that. But in an ideal
0: world, if there were lots of transgender doctors around, would you prefer? And like I said, this is not.
3: No, no, probably not. I mean, I'm, I really don't care. Okay. I, I probably would have probably would like to have dealt more with a trans psychologist, psychiatrist, because I think the biggest problem that's going on is what's going on upstairs. And once you can get understand what's going upstairs and understand the journey that's going upstairs, then the rest of it goes through. You know, people coming in saying, "Oh, within three months, I need to have up top surgery. After six months, I need to have lower surgery. After um, then, eighteen months, I need to have my my facial feminization surgery." I need you need to have a trans psychiatrist, psychologist involved because for some reason there's these plans that the physical is what's going to make me more of a woman. Where I'm always saying, "What's in my mind and what's in my heart?" When I'm sitting there holding my daughters. That's where I feel my femininity That's where I feel most at peace. I don't feel that I need to go and, and having lower surgeries not gonna make me more woman. Like I'm walking around here today and you have no idea what's going on between my legs. And I don't so have any business. To I know, matter. exactly. Yeah. I don't want you to yeah. know. Um yeah. <laughs> Vince knows. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then and, and that's where you have some fun and you'll bring the slide into this. But at the end of the day, that's where we need more trans people at. At your level, hey doc, I'm dealing with this with work, I'm dealing with this whatever. You understand a bit of my needs. We have our chat. You check my bloods in and out. There's, I don't think there's a need. Okay. You're on
2: Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. You're on Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. We are here to wrap up dun, dun, as we dun. head to the end and we head to the <laughs> top of the hour for the Spirit Lounge crew to come through. And I think they might be talking about Easter.
1: Yay. It's just a prediction,
2: but I was sitting next <laughs> to the person organizing the show. So, uh, But yeah, uh, I'm going to ask both of you how you want to finish up the show.
3: Ooh. well do you want to go first or well to- i'll go first look um i'm just going to plug my show and how to contact me if anybody has questions um my show transpositions tuesday nights eight o'clock um if you do want to email the show you can email us at transpositions at joy.org.au but if you want to reach out to me specifically you can get me on twitter at mish m-i-s-h shepherd s-h-e double p-a-r-d
0: and I guess, you know, sorry to be a bore, but I always finish with a safety message. Oh, lovely. Um, yeah, and there's well, there's two this time. Um, one of them is, with all this stuff going on with safe schools, uh, a lot of people finding it tough. And I was just going to say, if you're finding it tough, make sure you put your hand up. Come and see someone. Ring the Victorian switchboard. Just Google switchboard Victoria. Go see cancer at the VAC. Come and see your doctor. Whatever it takes. Put your hand up. And the other thing I was going to say, if you think you've been at risk of HIV for whatever reason, come and see someone so we can talk about PEP. And um, also we can have a chat about PrEP if uh, that's something you might need. And that is post-exposure prophylaxis
2: and pre-exposure prophylaxis. That's it. It's just for, you know, those people not playing along at home. Thank you so much to both of you. We've had a fa- I've welcome. loved the show. And I've learned lots as well.
3: So, yeah. and if you're ever looking for a good doctor, find somebody who will walk a mile in your shoes. Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> I might get blisters after all. You um, might, yeah. <laughs> and hopefully not fall over in your shoes because yeah, yeah. you know where to wreck them. <laughs> All right, you're on stand up straight, and Spirit Lounge is up next. Thank you so much. My name's Clayton Wimshurst, and I'll see you next week.